Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the SportsStands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table. Every single week, hot takes, nothing less. The Sports, the sports Dance. dance. Hey everyone and welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cowan. That's right, only me, by myself, going the lone wolf, at least for a few weeks. Or, as my friend Jason Derula might say, you know, um... Ah, it's so great. I I can do that whenever I want now. James isn't here. He would usually kibosh that idea. But you know what? I have the reins to myself, I can do what I want, and it's going to be an interesting look. I mean, you know, doing this by yourself is a little different. There's nobody to go back and forth with, argue with my ideas. So, we'll see how that turns out. You may hate it, you may love it, who knows. All I want is your feedback. Give me your stance on what I'm talking about. I need somebody to argue with. And James can't do that for me right now because, you know, work life gets in the way sometimes, and that's all right. This is a side thing for us, and, you know, we have fun doing it. But when work calls your name, you got to do the work first. I totally get it. But, you know, I'm going to do the best I can to give you the news you need. We were off for about two weeks. I'm going to see how I can do it by myself. I'm rambling a lot. You can expect a lot more of that as we continue. So let me tell you how this is going to work. I have a bunch of things I'm going to talk about, but I'm trying to do them all in quick hits. I'm going to try to give you one, two minutes on topics. Not going to keep you here long. Listening to one person talk the whole time. A little weird for both you and me. You're going to get tired of my voice. I'm going to get tired of listening to myself and talking and not taking many breaths between my words. If I want to take a sip of water, I even can't do that because, you know, I don't want to have to pause too much. You people are the ones listening, and I got to respect that. So, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, NCAA this week. Got some NBA big news. You know, golf, baseball, even NFL news a little bit. I'm going to cover it all. Just because it can. You know, I don't know how these guys like, uh, I don't even want to mention Cal- Colin Cowherd. Because, well, I don't like them that much. But, you know, they do the show solo. They did it a long time. It's a lot of just talking with yourself, bouncing your own ideas off yourself. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it goes well. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But, you know what? Let's get right into it. We're going to start with the NCAA March Madness. I mean, it's been pretty crazy. Thinking about just the final four that we have now, you know, Oregon, Gonzaga, UNC, and South Carolina. You have two one seeds, which, you know, you always expect at least one to get to the final four. But then you have a three seed in Oregon, who's without one of their best players right now, and South Carolina, who nobody, nobody saw coming out of anywhere to make this final four. Most people didn't even have them going out of the first round, not even at least the second, but I saw a stat yesterday on ESPN that said out of every single team picked to make the Final Four, South Carolina was only picked to make the Final Four only over one other team, and that was Mount St. Mary, who was a 16 seed, which also means 
every other 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8 seed had more faith in them than the South Carolina Gamecocks. Well, man, did Frank Martin come out and prove everybody wrong. And they've been playing incredible defense, having some really close games, showing how tough they are. They took down Florida. They took down Duke. I mean, I can't wait for the Gonzaga matchup. I'm kind of afraid for Gonzaga just because they're a number one seed. Maybe they're thinking the magic's going to run out, but I don't know if it actually will. South Carolina could come back. I'm going to talk more about the final four maybe later this week. I'm going to try to do one or two of these quick hits, quick hits, quick heats, you know, whatever they are, at least once or twice a week because I'm going to be doing shorter ones. So, you know, we'll talk more about the final four. We have Gonzaga, South Carolina matching up versus UNC, Oregon. Uh, you know, personally, though, my final four going into March Madness, I had Oregon, so I got that one right, nailed it. UCLA, didn't nail that. Nova, we all know how that went. And Arizona, I thought I was a lock. I thought I had all final four teams simple. They all were playing well, seemed like they had a good path to it. The only hiccup I thought I was going to have was maybe UCLA, who I ended up even picking as my overall champion. LeVar Ball got to me, guys. What can I say? LeVar talked. I listened. I believed in him. I believed in his kid. And he let me down. I blame you, LeVar. Blame me for everything. But, you know, that was my final four. I was hot coming out of that first round. I had a lot of good picks coming out. I had missed only like seven picks or so, six or seven picks out of that first round day, first two days. Round of 32 killed me. Round sweet 16 did all right. Had like half. Elite 8 just demolished the rest of my bracket. No chance whatsoever. Oregon was my last hope. Luckily, they made the Final Four, so I don't have that terrible of a showing. I can at least say I got one right, more than a lot of other people. But, you know, I only had one uh, I had one number one seed, and it was Nova. And, well, we're not going to talk about Nova. Nobody wants to talk about that. That was dreadful. That was sad. Uh, a lot of people had Nova winning, and... I mean, why wouldn't you? They did really well last year, but it's not here or there. I'm going to cover the Final Four a little later. All I got to say is some great games from the Elite Eight. I especially enjoyed that UNC-Kentucky game. Felt bad for the people in Ohio that had the weather report come on that blocked them. Give a lot of respect to Luke May, who went in the next day after hitting the game-winning shot to class for some odd reason. How he was still standing, sober, not covered in cheerleaders. I don't know. Nobody will ever know. But, you know, that's what happens. He wants to be a student athlete. He's showing out to be a student athlete. And you got to give him credit for that. But, all right, we'll move on to that. We're going to get into the NBA now. This is usually James Forte. I'm going to try to do my best. Hopefully, if he listens to this, he doesn't hate what I have to say. And if he does, he can tweet at me. He can message me. And I'll tell you what he said if he wants to. But, you know... A lot of stuff going on in the NBA right now. A lot of changing in seeds. You have Golden State bouncing back. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, reclaiming that number one seed and holding, solidifying it right now with a two-game lead over San Antonio, who last night, uh, if you're listening to this, depending on when, Monday night demolished the Cleveland Cavaliers in San Antonio. LeBron had to exit with some weird neck injury where you know he did a typical Bron-Bron move and acted like he just got shot. And, you know, the Cavs looked horrible. They've been doing really poor since February 25th. Overall, just not good. 
They're looking like a team that could, you know, get bounced earlier in the playoffs than we all expect it. Maybe, you know, something happens. Maybe they switch into another gear come playoff time. Or maybe the final, you know, from the past few years are catching up to them. They might be tired. Listen, LeBron's been playing for the past, like, nine years straight. The guy's going to break down at some point. Maybe this is the year. But anyway, back to the seeding. So we have Golden State solidifying that they're number one right now in the West. Two-game lead over San Antonio. Probably keep that unless something goes chaotic. Uh, you know, a little disappointing. I was hoping to see a Warriors-Rockets you know, matchup of just three-balling before the Western Conference Finals because if the Rockets make it and the Warriors do, Warriors are going to end up winning that conference final unless James Harden pulls a miracle out of his beard. It's possible. You never know. But I just don't see it happening. Plain and simple, don't see it happening. But, hey, anything's possible, I guess, especially when it comes to James Harden's beard. But the real, you know, chaotic area is the Eastern Conference. The Celtics, who everybody was afraid of losing that number two seed, potentially to the Washington Wizards, and bouncing down to number three, are now the number one team in the Eastern Conference. They came, they saw, they conquered, they've been playing really well, they've been doing amazing at home. They're a half game up on the Cavs now after the loss last night for Cleveland and San Antonio. And you know, it kind of changes that dynamic of the playoffs. You had Cleveland, who has struggled against Miami, who's right now the eighth seed. Instead, you know, they're going to be getting, uh, wow, should not have said that without knowing exactly who they might be getting. But, you know, Celtics would be getting Miami. Then the Cavs as the number two team, struggling a little bit, would be facing off against the Indiana Pacers. Not, of hard, not as hard of a matchup for them. I mean, Paul George, PG-13, really good player. But when it comes to matchups, the Cavs should win that easily. Celtics giving themselves a harder uh, first-round matchup with the Heat. White side, you know, you never know when he's going to take over a game. Dion Waiters is playing phenomenal. Very odd to say that. But, you know, overall, though, it does give them home court advantage throughout the whole playoffs if they do keep that, which would be huge for Boston. Their crowd loves them. They play well at home. And... If they have home court advantage against the Cavs, who knows what happens? Maybe this is their year. They make that run, get to the finals, and then who knows from there. But still, you have that all going on. This also going on this week, Devin Booker, if you missed it. Phoenix Suns at the Celtics on Sunday dropped 70 points. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. 70 points against the Celtics. And yes, you know, they lost. It's the Suns. They're horrible. People are basically saying they're tanking, trying to get a better pick this year. Totally understandable. It's a young team, not that great. I mean, Tyson Chandler used to be a defensive fiend. He's up in age. He's not going to be playing as hard anymore. You know, he's going to try to make his career as long as possible. You can't do that when you're just banging yourself night in, night out defensively for a team that's doing crappy. Plain and simple, Suns aren't good. But Devin Booker providing a bright spot. And the big thing behind this was a lot of people were getting mad that the Suns celebrated this, you know, kind of triumph of personal, uh, I guess, greatness, you could say. Uh, I mean, 70 points is nothing to scoff at. The most points, you know, we all know in an NBA history was Wilt Chamberlain's, you know, 100-point game. Uh, you know, nobody ever technically documented it. It's one of those things that, like, you, all you have is hearsay. But, you know, then you have Kobe, 
who dropped 81 points. A bunch of Wilt Chamberlain stuff. Uh, then you also have David Robinson dropping 71 against the Clippers, 94. Um, but the last time we saw somebody hit 70 or plus was Kobe in 2006. So, you know, it's not something that happens often. Guys getting into the 60s hasn't happened even in general since 2007. Again, Kobe. So it's one of those things you don't really really see often. It was a great kind of thing. People were getting mad that the Suns were fouling people at the end just to get Booker 270. Who cares? Let the Suns celebrate this. Individual achievement, team achievement, whatever. They're having a bad season. When you get a little bright spot, you celebrate it. Who cares what the reason is? It doesn't matter that you lost. Yeah, you lost. You shouldn't have probably. But it was a high-scoring game. Really fun for the fans. 250 points total between the two teams. You know that's an exciting game. But, I mean, Devin Booker's young. Let him enjoy this. Uh, you know, it's not often that. I think he's 21, 22, if that. Uh, no, not even that. He's 20. Devin Booker's 20 years old. I just looked up because I wanted to make sure I wasn't giving you the wrong age. Kids 20 years old dropping 70 points in an NBA game against the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Still impressive. I don't care how he did it. I don't care if he's the only one that shot the ball. Let him celebrate it. Let his teammates celebrate him. Kid can't even legally drink yet. Don't take this away from him. Don't be that like curmudgeon type person who's just like, ah, they still lot. They shouldn't be celebrating. They're not making the playoffs. Everybody knows this. Who cares? Let him celebrate. It was a good time. It was a fun time, especially if you're a Celtics fan because you still walked away with the win, but got to see a little bit of history. All right, so the other big thing in the NBA coming up, there's only like 10, 11 games left for some teams. Russell Westbrook is basically a lock to average a triple-double for the season. He currently stands at 99.8% chance to average a triple-double for the entire season. Last time this happened was Oscar Robertson, the big O, in 1961. So, it's been a little bit. I mean, what he's done this season is incredible. Yes, you can look and point to every single game being like, well, he's kind of selfish with the ball. You know, some of his assists are really just kind of simple. Uh, You know, nobody rebounds anymore, so of course he's going to rebound. But still, what he's doing in day in, day out, he doesn't take a break. He doesn't rest. The guy plays hard nonstop. If he gets a triple-double every game, who cares? His team's still making the playoffs, so you got to look at it that way. He doesn't have much talent around him. He has Aladipo, who's a decent shooting guard. He has Cantor, who, when he's not punching chairs and breaking his hand, is a very good second-score big man. But you have Adams, who doesn't give you much offense. I mean, they got Taj Gibson and um, McBuckets from... Uh, Chicago, I had to think of the team real quick, but they're not also offensive juggernauts either. So, you know, he has to take all those shots. So let him average the triple-double. He's getting 10 points a game no matter what anyway. The assist and the rebounds is really what's impressive. He's still a point guard, getting 10 rebounds plus a game, getting 10 plus assists a game. For a team, like I said, is not that great offensively. So, I mean, you could say there are other guys in the league that could do this if they really wanted to. Who? Uh, Steph's not doing it. He's not getting the rebounds, at least. Chris Paul's not doing it. Again, rebounds. LeBron could do it, but LeBron needs to score a lot every night and put in a lot of effort defensively, where Westbrook 
He doesn't really do that. You can try to argue that he does. He doesn't. But still, only a few guys in the league could actually do this day in, day out, average the triple-double, do what Westbrook is doing. So it's incredible nonetheless. Will he win MVP? I don't know. It could be co-MVPs this year for the, like the first time ever. Him and Harden both put up a lot of triple-doubles. But you got to look at Harden and what he's done with his team, getting him up to the three seed compared to Westbrook, who is in the seventh seed comfortably. But still, it's a huge difference. Uh, you know, we've seen the Thunder get demolished by teams. We've seen the Rockets get demolished by teams, but a lot less because they wouldn't be the three seed if they weren't. So still impressive. He's most likely going to lock it in within the next two or three games. I assume that he will average that triple-double. Overall, very impressive. A lot of cool stuff happening in the NBA. Just keeps growing and growing. Good for them. Uh, Let's see what happens. Playoffs are starting in a few weeks. Those will take forever because, you know, they take like five days off in between game one, two, and three, and four. And it makes no sense. Just have them play every other day. And it seems like they don't. But we'll talk about playoffs down the line. Hopefully we can get James back for that. If not, maybe we'll get some guests on. Who knows? I don't know where this is going to go. But we're moving on from NBA. So we've got NCAA covered, NBA covered for now. Uh, Some big news from other sports in the world. Baseball, you know, opening day is a week away. Exciting times if you're a baseball fan. But if you're a baseball fan and truly love the game, also exciting. The World Baseball Classic just concluded last week. And the USA came out victorious, winning their first ever World Baseball Classic. They took down... Their unincorporated territory of Puerto Rico, didn't matter how much hair dye fumes were, you know, covering the field, USA got past it, demolished Puerto Rico, 8 nothing in the finals, almost had a no-hitter, you know, got into the seventh inning with a no-hitter with Stroman. Pretty impressive, but, you know, they still got the shutout, big deal, beat Japan, who hadn't lost the whole tournament, beat Puerto Rico, who hadn't lost the entire tournament. A lot of fun time. Really kind of made everybody, you know, the atmosphere was fantastic. You know, everybody had talked about it the whole time was going on. The World Baseball Classic brought out other fan bases that, you know, don't usually go to games. It was kind of like a party atmosphere, and that's what we want baseball to be. We want baseball to be fun. It's nine innings of, you know, you could say boring, but if the crowd gets into it, has fun with it, the game could change completely. I mean, you never know what's going to happen in baseball, second to second. I know you could say the same for football. But football, you get 40 seconds between plays most of the time. Baseball, it's like 20, 25 seconds between plays. So it really it moves faster, technically. I'm not going to get into that whole argument. But still, baseball is a fun sport if you make it fun. The crowd just has to get into them a little bit more. Maybe put the phones down a little bit more, people. Don't need to be on social media the whole time. Anyway, so that's the big baseball news. Not other, Not many other things going on until opening day starts. You know, but that's only a week away. Super excited. Uh, Cubs fans, I know, are probably chomping at the bit to get that World Series flagged raised. Great for them. It's going to be a great ceremony, I have no doubt. So that should be fun to see in a week. But, you know, moving on into the other realms, the other sports world. You know, as you see, I'm just flying through things. I'm trying to give my quick opinions, get through it. Again, first episode by myself, you know, trying to go decent distance give you at least like a 20 something minute so if you are driving to work you got a little time little time killer on your hands so golfing world yeah i'm gonna talk golf james was here he'd grunt it's fine uh i'm not talking about tiger woods 
who hopefully plays in the Masters. He's thinking he might, but, you know, you never know with Tiger. Uh, this past week, we had the World Match Play Championships. Really good, fun time. You know, if you get to the finals, your seventh match that you have to play, which Dustin Johnson, the new world number one since uh, about a month and a half ago, did. He won. It's his third tournament since becoming the world number one, and it's his third win out of those tournaments. So he's three for three as the world number one. He's taken this week off from the Shell Open Championship because he's tired. Completely understandable. I get tired after playing 18 rounds of golf. Not 18 rounds. 18 holes of golf. I get to like hole 15 and I just start like happy go more swinging. It's not really caring. Granted, I probably have a few beers in me. Still, I can only imagine playing seven rounds of golf in five days cannot be the most, you know, uplifting thing. You're probably exhausted afterwards. You want to take a break. You want to cool down, especially with the biggest tournament of the year coming up in two weeks, April 6th through 9th. You have the Masters at Augusta, and oh, it's going to be beautiful. Place is always so sparkling and pristine. But, you know, DJ deserves it. He's been doing a lot of work. He got his wife pregnant. He became the world number one. He's been winning tournaments left and right. It's his fourth win in, like, his past five or six events. Guy's been on a roll. He can take the break before Augusta. Get ready. He's going to be heavily favored. So if you're planning on putting down some money for Augusta, I'd basically go between Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth. Spieth has shown that he can really dominate that course. And Dustin Johnson has just shown lately that he can just dominate. So we'll see how that goes. But that's the golf world. Dustin Johnson coming up big. Uh, not much other news out of there, at least until you know we get closer to Masters Week. Maybe have a little breakdown of that on here. Who knows? I'm going to take this in a bunch of different directions. Uh, next, and probably the last topics we're going to cover today, are the NFL. Yeah, the NFL is always going. doesn't matter what time of year it is. It's become a 365-type sport where everybody, every single day, there's something new coming out. We want to know. We want to eat it up. Every other sport basically has a month or two where, you know, there's a lull. Not the NFL. They keep it going. So, some big stuff coming out in the past few days. The first being... The Oakland Raiders will be moving to Las Vegas. Vegas, baby. They're going there. They're going to gamble. The team's going to fall apart. Everybody's going to be in gambling debt. It's going to be fantastic TV. They should just make a reality show out of it because uh, things are going to get weird. And refs are going to be gambling. It's not, it's not going to be pretty. I feel like this is a weird move. But when it comes down to it, the owners voted 31-1. to 1. The one being Miami, who many believe only voted to keep them in Oakland because they have won the past six games they've played in Oakland. So maybe they think they have some sort of psychological gain by playing there. Who knows? But a lot of people I saw yesterday on Twitter being like, why would owners make this move? Why do people want to leave Oakland? It doesn't make sense. Oakland's fan base is great. You have the black hole, all of this. Well, here's a few reasons. I can give you at least two. One. I would not want to share my field with a baseball team half of the season. Uh, it's very unsightly. Plus, it's kind of dangerous for both the baseball players and the football players switching from back and forth to that type of field and turf and all of that. And, oh, it's just disastrous sometimes. It's not something I want to do. I want my own stadium, if that's me. A's will finally get their own field technically full year-round. Oakland, 
going to be Vegas. We'll have their own stadium. You know, it's going to take a year or two for that stadium to be built, so it's going to be a little awkward having the Oakland Raiders play with their fan base fully knowing that they're moving in two years. But, you know, Oakland's getting good. Maybe, just maybe, you get a Super Bowl before they move to Vegas. It'd be a nice parting gift, at least. But the real answer is why the owners voted that way. In general, back to my point, think about it this way. Would you personally rather spend a weekend in Oakland, California, where not the greatest of things have always happened, or do you want to go to a place where it's nonstop fun nightlife, buffets galore, uh, ladies and gentlemen's clubs galore for, you know, those female, for those owners and their wives, you know, for all of them to have their own fun. Uh, what do you think they're going to want to do? Hmm. City of Sin, Oakland. City of Sin, Oakland. I'm a billionaire with a bunch of money. I can basically do whatever I want. I think they're going to go to Vegas. And, you know, it makes perfect sense. Let's be honest. We would all choose Vegas. Don't try to convince me otherwise. If you say you'd rather go to Oakland than Vegas, I would love to hear your points. That's really probably why the move was approved so high in numbers. Had nothing to do with, you know, Mark Davis and his man bangs and his problem child face. If you don't know what problem child is, look it up and then look at a picture of Mark Davis and tell me I'm wrong on that too. But yeah, so that's the big news. Not that shocking. It's been in talks for a few months. Goodell said he tried to convince Oakland to do whatever they could to keep the team. Yada, yada, yada. He sees money signs too. He doesn't care. They're going to Vegas. They're going to be the Vegas Raiders. It's a little weird. I'm going to miss thinking about just Boomer on ESPN, even though he doesn't do NFL anymore. Just saying the Oakland Raiders. I mean, it's a classic line. Everybody knows it. At least if you watch ESPN and football and never watch Boomer. But still, you know, it's kind of interesting. A lot of teams have moved cities the past few years in the NFL. They might want to look into why teams are not staying in one spot. Obviously, markets play a big role. You have the Chargers moving. You had the Rams move. Now you have the Raiders moving. So... It's an interesting thing. I don't know if there's a reason for it besides just teams are selfish and want pretty new stadiums and the towns can't always afford it. But whatever it is, maybe stop. I'm t- I don't want teams playing in the same cities. You know, the Giants and Jets do it. I was fine with just one team doing it. LA is going to end up having like five teams playing in one stadium, I feel like, at some point. But, you know, I guess it wouldn't be LA if that didn't happen. And other NFL news stories, uh, the Patriots – in multiple ways, have made the news. Robert Kraft yesterday coming out saying Tom Brady wants to play for another six to seven years, and Belichick wants to coach into his 80s. Uh, No for both counts. Uh, I'm just going to say that. Brady, yeah, physical specimen, keeps himself in great shape, eats avocado ice cream because it sounds delicious. Mm. But apparently that's going to keep him, you know, viable enough to play another six or seven years listen something's gonna happen to tom brady in the next like two three seasons at most an injury of some sort that it's it's gonna completely ruin that timeline if brady plays past age 42 i'd be shocked i assume there's gonna be a somewhat of a decline in his play patriots are clearly you know knowing the end is near going all in getting guys like brandon cook in trades making these trades for bigger better players spending that extra money in free agency they clearly 
no, this is the key moment to go all in on Brady and his career because there's not much time left. Belichick coaching into his 80s, yeah, I can totally see it because that's the type of guy he is. So that doesn't bother me as much. But the Brady, yeah, you can't. I can't have six or seven more years if I'm living in Massachusetts of that. I may have to force my wife to move. All right. The other thing with the Patriots that everybody's at least saying involves the Patriots is the NFL is going to be banning that leap field goal move. You know, the one where the guy on the defense runs up to the line, tries to time it perfectly to jump over the center as he snaps the ball and block the field goal kick. They're going to try to ban that. Apparently, it's basically a shoe-in to get past. Why they really care that much about banning that play, I don't know. Blocked field goals are a fun thing for us. If you're going to take that away, take the extra point away. You've been trying to do it for so long, just a touchdown scored. Give them seven. If not, let them go for two. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. So they're trying to ban that. Everybody says it's against the Patriots because you've seen a lot of Patriot players do it successfully. But there's plenty of other teams that have tried it. Teams do it. Cam Chancellor was a big guy that does it. So, you know, it's not just a Patriot thing. So Patriot fans, get get your underwears out of a bunch. And other fans, not everything has to do with the Patriots. Take that from me, who hates the Patriots. But... It has nothing to do with them. Plain and simple. You can't you can't think everything in the NFL, the rules that they make up, have to do with the Patriots. As much as I would like to do anything I can to make the Patriots not as good as they are, there's not much we can do about it because, plain and simple, Patriots somehow have magic water. Belichick gives players that are, like, on the junk pile a drink of it. They become pro bowlers. It's just how it goes, and we can't do anything about it. It's just going to frustrate us till the end of time. Brady will frustrate us, uh, but... Yeah, don't take this out on them. This has nothing to do with them. This isn't a witch hunt on the Patriots to try to stop one of their moves. So whatever it is, get over it. But yeah, so that's some of the big stuff going on right now. Those are my quick hits, my thoughts on them. Uh, Hopefully this wasn't too bad for you. It's been 30 minutes or so of just me nonstop talking. My voice is getting sore. So I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, You know, come back later in this week. I'm going to try to maybe do one Thursday or Friday, talk about the Final Four, any other big developments. So if it's only the Final Fours, it'll be a little quicker. Uh, I'll break down those games a little bit. Maybe I'll actually have some real facts to give you instead of just kind of 30-second thoughts on who's going to win and why. But still, hopefully you didn't hate this. If you did, let me know. Let me know what I can do to improve this. I'm going to be doing it by myself for a few weeks at least. Who knows? But... You know, have a good one. Have a good midweek, maybe rest of the week. We'll see. Maybe I won't come back later this week. It all depends on time and what I have available and if I really think this is being a successful thing. But who knows? We'll see what happens. I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that button on iTunes. Give us a review. Uh, Follow me at SportsDance, two S's in the middle, underscore. Check out our site, www.sportsdance.com thesportstance.com uh you know been blogging a lot more putting some stories up just put one up about medieval times competitions which seems pretty sweet uh you should check it out there's a video and everything but you know have a good one i'll be back later this week hopefully with some more quick hits enjoy yourselves and uh talk to you guys later the sports dance